Oh yeah, this is it. This is it. Now we're going. We're getting places. Friends, it's been a while. How you been? I've been great. I've been real good, not gonna lie. But I'm gonna tell you all about it. Right after we hear from my old buddy Rob Curry. Haven't heard this track in a couple weeks. Looking forward to it. Take us there, Rob. Pardon me. As always, that is our theme link, Ray Gunn, from the Curry Brothers. Link in the description. Get that record. Mm-mm-mm. Well, now, hey, golly. Now, I told y'all. I, I, there was no surprises. There's no secrets between us. But uh, I knew I wasn't going to be recording last week because that was Thanksgiving Monday. We were at a friend's house. Beautiful dinner. Lovely group of people. Nice food. Great wine. Lovely time. No time for podcasts. No time for podcasts. I'm sorry about that. But the week before that was also a holiday, although not for most of us, but was for me because it was the uh, well, the day we observed the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation because it fell on a Saturday. So I got the Monday off. Uh, however, I was in upstate New York in a cabin that was beautiful and secluded and quiet and also did not have great internet access. So I uh, didn't even attempt anything then as planned, as planned. But hey, friends, I am back. I've had two weeks off. I didn't do another reset on this season because, of course, this is only the fourth episode of this season. That seemed unnecessary. Uh, So just a bit of a break. That's what we're dealing with. Just a bit of a break. Sorry, I'm really thirsty. Hmm. Came straight home, straight from work to home to the gym. Right home after the gym dinner, and I just sat like I, I don't feel like I've stopped going since about ten this morning. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got a beer to drink. It's a good one. Got a lot of rugby to talk about. So I hope you brought your rugby boots. Sorry, and I've got. Oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. Got some tattoo work done on Friday, and the second skin, which is the the layer of uh, wrap that they put over it, for some reason this time left a lot of really sticky residue on my back, and I've got to get it off. I just haven't had time, so my shirt is like sticking to my back. It's, I'd say two out of ten. Do not recommend. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, no, that's it. Let's let's just. The sooner I get done, the sooner I can get this crap off my back. Hey, look what we got here. I actually wanted to do this last year, but I almost dropped it. I ended up finding it. Like, I know they have it at the brewery, I guess, and that's where I got this. This is Saison du Pump from Great Lakes Brewing. If I'm honest, I don't have a lot of time for pumpkin beers these days. Mainly because I don't find drinking something where I have to remain objective that interesting. I'd rather be subjective and say, this beer tastes like pumpkin and I love pumpkin pie, but I don't really like pumpkin beer. I don't know. Anyway, this one I can live with. The pumpkin works really well in this context. I have had this before. I've had it multiple times. I had one this weekend. This is not a surprise. I'm not going into this even remotely blind. 
but uh, we'll do a pour for the kids at home. Yep, nice and clear, beautiful color. Good looking Saison. And let's discuss. What do we smell? Like right out of the gate, pumpkin and pumpkin pie spicing. And so that is going to be like ginger, nutmeg, cinnamon. Maybe allspice. I'd buy all, I'd buy allspice being in there. I mean, by the way, I don't think the can says. I haven't looked that closely, but I don't think I'm going to get an answer on that. I think it'll probably at most just say spices. Definitely spices in here. And pumpkin. Did I mention? Cooked pumpkin. Like in that, it does sort of smell like an apple pie filling. It's interesting, though, because in addition to those pie spices, spice cupboard spices, there is also some yeast spiciness. Just very typically Belgian Saison yeast. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know if this one was made this way, but I, I believe the first time this beer was made, Mike actually harvested yeast sediment out of the bottom of a bunch of bottles of Saison DuPont and then grew up a starter from that, which is impressive. Uh, I believe now you can just buy the same yeast that Saison DuPont uses. He probably just did that. But there is a nice spicy Belgian yeast note. I don't really get much in the way of malt profile through the pumpkin. Sometimes it shows up as like, it almost tricks your brain into thinking it's the crust from the pie. Pumpkin from, um, Southern Tier? Is Pumpkin Southern Tier? It's an American brewery anyway. Theirs had a very distinctive like pie crust kind of malt thing going on. That was interesting. Not necessarily getting that off of this though. And no hops to speak of. Could be something herbal in there. It would be hard to pick out. So we'll see what we see. Mmm. Mmm. Right out of the gate. The way that it smells almost entirely like pumpkin pie filling and you kind of have to go looking for the saison bits, as soon as it hits your tongue, it's the opposite. It tastes like a beautiful Belgian saison, beautiful yeasty uh, uh, characters, esters characteristics. Touches almost on like sweet tarts. There's some nice uh, like white pepper, maybe. Maybe a touch of clove. Mm. By the way, clove would also be in pumpkin pie spicing. I just have a bit of a mental block for it because clove can be pretty intense. Um, then with this, it's actually, it's, it's the aftertaste. It lingers pumpkin pie filling, spices and, and cooked pumpkin. But especially having smelled it, you will be surprised how not overtly pumpkin this beer is. And I think what it is, is it's because the Saison is kind of bringing so much noise. And so it's not that there isn't a lot of pumpkin and spice in here. It's that it's just getting offset by a significantly spicy, delicious Belgian style Saison. Man, it is good. On the, you know, on the finish, there's a bit of a slightly earthy kind of dryness that I'm going to attribute to the hops. Couldn't tell you what they are. 
you know, I'm going to look at the can. I'm in a bit of a hurry tonight, guys. I got a sticky back. I got to get going. Well, now, what do we got here? This here beer has water, malted barley, oats, wheat, pumpkin, hops, and yeast. They don't mention any spices. They're absolutely the spices in this. That can't just be off the yeast. Sorry, dead air there. Just started reading uh, the can. It's not giving me much. Oh, okay, okay, fair. On the front, it says a farmhouse ale with pumpkin and spices. They just didn't list them in the ingredients. I hope. I would feel very silly if I'd fallen victim to my own constant concern which is if you taste one thing, it can trick your brain into tasting other things that aren't there. And like pumpkin is a classic. The instant you taste cooked pumpkin, your brain will immediately go to pumpkin pie. If you're a, a North American from very specific background, I'm sure people who have a different cultural background than me might have a different association to pumpkin. But uh, yeah, as like a white English speaking North American, the instant I smell cooked pumpkin, the first thing I'm thinking is pumpkin pie. Man, it's tasty, though. That is a very nice beer. Okay, uh, eating with this, well, I mean, you could eat something pumpkin-y. A pumpkin loaf, a slice of pumpkin pie. But here's, where, here's what you're going to do with this, actually. Um, you can kind of go, well, same dish, just done differently if you want meat get like a squash ravioli and that squash could be pumpkin doesn't have to be though butternut turban whatever just a nice orange squash ravioli but d don't don't put it in cream sauce or in tomato sauce both of those would be fine but what you want to do with this beer is uh, do it in a brown butter, like a spiced brown butter, as your sauce. Uh, so brown butter is just butter, and you cook it, and it browns the um, proteins and the sugars, I guess, in the milk, uh, caramelize a little bit, and they get colored. You don't want it, like, burnt. You don't want a dark brown. You just want brown butter. And as that butter is browning, you can kind of go a few different ways. I would, I would love to, to have this with sage. So like sage brown butter with a bit of garlic and some black pepper on a pumpkin ravioli with this beer, like done. I would be very happy. The variation, if you want meat with this, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking bacon. And I mean, you're not wrong, but you're not right. What you actually probably want to use is a slightly different, um, like pork based cured meat, maybe something like speck. Um, you want to lean more on the protein, less on the fat. Right. And as well, I mean, some speck is smoked, but like you don't need to go heavy on the smoke here. What you're looking for, if you're going for meat with this is you're really just boosting, uh, the richness and some iron content. Basically that's, that's all you're going to really be. Uh, caching in terms of the pairing off of that. Well, and the fact that, you know, people who eat that stuff love it, so you, you'll probably love it. Uh, for myself, no, just sage brown butter, 
garlic, black pepper, and like nice chunky salt. Toss my squash raviolis in that. That's a perfect pairing. That would be fantastic. Uh, where did I get this? Like I said, I got this at the brewery. I got it on Friday coming back from my tattoo session. There was a lot of great beers in there. Not least, Devil's Pale Ale. Was I tempted to do that tonight? I was. Might I do that next week? I might. But tonight we're doing Saison de Pomp. Really, really, really good stuff. Interestingly enough, this beer will age. Uh, as a Saison, you want to be careful. It's got to be kept cold. You can't just throw it on a shelf. But if you can keep it in a, in a at least cool, if not cold area, um, you don't want to go crazy long on this. And, and I don't necessarily know that it's going to do the pumpkin any favors, but the, the Saison itself will, will manage... Let's call it a flying monkeys sort of period of of shelf aging. Yeah, yeah, flying monkeys. You should know better. Anyway, delicious. Get it at the brewery. I think they still do online ordering. Does doesn't everyone? I don't know. I just don't do it anymore because I go out again. Uh, maybe at the LCBO. Haven't seen it myself, but um, you know you can look it up. They have a great app. It's got stock counts for every store. So you can check that out, but uh, definitely swing by the brewery. Fantastic. Or the brew pub. I bet they sell it out of the brew pub if the brew pub has a retail space. I had actually kind of meant to go down to the brew pub while I was on holiday, and it just, it wasn't that high on the list, and the way that the weeks played out, just, it ended up not happening. So might go in November when I'm off again. I'm off in three weeks. It's, you know, hard life being a postman. Got to take my three and a half hour lunch break. I'm joking. It's just three. Uh, hey, so you've been watching the rugby <laughs> because you might have forgotten, but this is the Toronto Beer and Rugby podcast, at least until the end of the World Cup. And you know, it will be again in the spring when the Six Nations happens. Oh, you know, it. you know it. OK, let's actually deal with the big one first, because it's long enough ago that it feels to me like ancient history. But I know all of the Bommy Beach Rugby Club fanatics who are regular Toronto Beer and Rugby Podcast listeners, well, let's be honest, you guys follow on social media, you already know what happened. Um, the news was mixed. Our, our uh, twos team that were playing in the G-Gage Cup, uh, I'm going to very lightly say my team. I didn't play on that Saturday, but I did play the previous Saturday and I played for a not insignificant amount of time and like actually did some stuff. So I felt good about that. Our twos team did handily win the uh, G gauge cup uh, for the second year in a row. Unfortunately, our ones did fall to the mighty Brantford uh, who just played a heck of a game. We'd done video work and then analyzed what we needed to do to get around them and had trouble executing that. And they just brought the game right up the middle and we didn't play badly, but didn't play as well as them. And so sadly, the men did not retain the McCormick Cup, which, to be fair, three years in a row is a lot. That's a heavy lift. Um, so we will rebuild and we'll be back. We'll be back. It, it, it hurt. Uh, it was also weird going from celebrating a cup to having a bit of a break to then losing a cup. That was an unusual, I've never, I've never been through that before. That was a weird one, but, uh, but yeah. And so thanks for all the support. 
you know, it's nice when people who I know don't necessarily care that much about rugby take the time to ask me, oh, how's the team? And then patiently wait while I bore the hell out of them. It's quite generous of you. So if that's you, thank you. Now to the big, big show, the Rugby World Cup. Of course, the group stages are done of note. All four pools were won by Northern Hemisphere teams. That would be Ireland, England, France, and Wales. They placed first in all of their uh, uh, respective pools. All Northern Hemisphere teams winning. Wales going four from four, which if you'd asked anybody six months ago, they would have guaranteed you could not happen. And yet there it was. Uh, we had the uh, quarterfinals this past weekend. And uh, let me tell you, some of those games were amazing. One of them was pretty boring. <laughs> and unfortunately, that was the Wales game. Argentina, who Wales was playing, showed up ready to make a statement and they really made it. Wales was actually in it from a statistical point of view up until the last, I think, eight minutes of the game. Um, Argentina put 10 points on them in the, the last, like, yeah, I think six or seven minutes of the game. That said, Wales just never looked in it. Uh, they Their set piece was awful in the first half. They Their first three lineouts, they just missed all three. Over, I think it was an overthrow all three times like just shocking not great play didn't look cohesive they had some injury problems we get that and you know what i'm really proud they did really well especially coming out of the the year that they just had uh, you know a quarterfinal exit from the world cup that's it's not ideal but it's nothing to be ashamed of so good on them and, and great on argentina they i mean it wasn't that wales lost. Argentina very much won. They played very, very good rugby. That said, neither team looked like they were going to beat either Ireland or New Zealand, and I would have told you up and down it was going to be Ireland. Um, and we'll never know if they would have beaten Ireland because they're going to play New Zealand because New Zealand just systematically beat Ireland. Not bad, by four points. Was a, it was a tight game. Uh, but in what I can only describe as equal parts impressive and boring New Zealand just did the thing they had to do to make Ireland not win it wasn't necessarily fantastic rugby but what it was was they just slowed down every breakdown Ireland I think up until that game their average breakdown time was like 2.4 seconds or something very fast just quick 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 move that ball get it wide get it wide let Johnny distribute New Zealand did two things that was very interesting, one of which was they really slowed down the ruck. The other was they weren't explosive on attacking at defense. So often we'll coach, when you're on defense, there's an offside line. I don't know how much you know about rugby, but uh, from an onside position, the minute the, the most likely scrum half, the player picks up the ball off the back of the ruck, you can run up. And like we coach and say, take five meters, take five meters, hit him, hit him, hit him. They actually didn't. They they didn't concede the gain line, but they basically let Ireland bring the ball a couple of meters to them and then just monstered them and then slowed down the breakdown. And Ireland just couldn't deal. And I, I mean, it, it wasn't for a lack of trying. They were throwing everything they had, but it just wasn't enough. But New Zealand played a hell of a game. Then on Saturday, Sunday, 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 
England, Fiji was a bit of a stinker too. Poor old Fiji went out. England did win it. No comment from the, anything beyond that. And then South Africa, France, the defending world champion against the host team. And uh, it was unfortunately France that went down. I could have d done a, uh, an hour-long podcast just on that game, so I'll spare you. I will say, in the first half, Cheslin Colby, South Africa's absolutely lightning-fast, hard-as-nails, tiny, like my size, tiny, uh, winger, charged down a conversion from almost touch. It was a very long kick. It would have been a very long kick. He covered a huge distance and swatted the ball down, which you almost never see at international level rugby, at least not top top flight international rugby. But he did it. And when it happened, the guy I was sitting with, my buddy Mark, said, geez, I hope they don't lose by one point because a conversion's two points. So if they lost by one, that conversion, they would have won. Well, at the end of the day, South Africa beat them by one point. And I would never suggest that it was that one action that cost uh, France the game, but it will leave them wondering, let's just say. Uh, still, France just plays such a beautiful brand of rugby. It was fast. It was wide open. Like, it would be very attritional for two minutes, and then somebody would get a line break and just go mad. It was, oh, yeah. Some of the open field running was just divine. Really, really good game. Both ways. Both ways. France has some amazing wingers. So does South Africa. DuPont, <laughs> like the Saison, uh, <clears throat> back three weeks after breaking his cheekbone, having had a titanium plate surgically inserted under the skin to hold his cheekbone together in case it gets hit again, uh, came out and played a game that really demonstrated why people who know what they're talking about say he's the best rugby player in the world. Just finding options that you never would have thought were possible. Perfectly weighted kicks, beautiful, fast passes. Just, uh, like, a, I mean, literally like nobody else. Just an absolute legend already. And the guy's only, I think, 25 or something like that. He's very young. Anyway, that's the rugby. We got that coming down now. This, uh, this Friday will be... Argentina versus New Zealand. Uh, you don't have to be an expert to predict the outcome of that match. It's just by how many points New Zealand are going to win. That said, I predicted Wales was going to handily beat Argentina, and they didn't, so who knows? And, uh, and then Argentina, New Zealand, and then South Africa against England. Especially with the way England played against Fiji, it's hard to see them winning that game. I know English fans keep telling me that they're building, um, which, yeah, I mean, probably not inaccurate. Um, but that's sort of like saying, oh, we're, we're building like a house. And you, oh, yeah, cool. And sorry, you're saying that by this weekend, you'll be able to stand on the roof of that house and, and and pick something off of the top of the CN Tower. And they're like, yeah, 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 we're building. And it's like, sure, but how many floors do you have? Oh, like three? It's like, so you think you're going to build that many floors in the next five days? I don't think so. But again, I was wrong this weekend. I, I The only game I really accurately predicted was uh, that South Africa and France were going to be close. And they were pretty close. I would have sworn 
Ireland was going to win. I would have sworn Wales was going to win. And actually, I definitely thought Fiji was going to win. I didn't think England had it in them, and they did. So so why are you listening to me? I've just demonstrated that I'm one for four this past weekend. I'm not an expert. I do like talking about it, though. Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. That's it. We're done, man. 24 minutes. That's enough. Tonight, drinking Saison de Pump from Great Lakes Brewing, available at the brewery with a lot of other nice beers. So pick up some more than just this. This is a good beer. Talking rugby, you know we're talking rugby. Uh, yep, like game, uh, I believe it's 2, 3 p.m. kickoffs, 3 p.m. on Friday, 3 p.m. Saturday, if you're Eastern Standard Time. No, Daylight. We're still on Daylight. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, if you're somewhere else in the world, you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Uh, both games available on TSN or, you know, the internet. VPNs exist for a reason, guys. Uh, so check that out. They're going to be... I think they're both going to be good games. Um, I think they're going to both be pretty one-sided games. But I think you'll still see some really nice rugby. So be fun to check out. Mm. Other than that, it's good to be back. I had a nice couple weeks off. I never even really filled you in. Went, went uh, hiking in upstate New York. Lovely time at a cottage following later in that week. And uh, then I just took it easy last week. Got some stuff done, but uh, nothing super major other than this tattoo, which you might have just noticed I was <sighs> trying to get this sticky stuff off. I'm sticky. I don't like being sticky. Anyway, that's what we got. Hey, I'll be back next week. We'll be doing another... Well, by the way, you notice the Saison de Pomme. That's a seasonal beer, right? It's Halloween-y. Do another Halloween-y beer. Will it be a pumpkin beer? Probably not. Probably not. That's maybe going to be my working limit of pumpkin beers per annum. So we'll see. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. That should be the name of the show tonight. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I hope you have a great night. I hope you're not wrong today. I hope everything you said was right and true. Accurate. And also, I hope friendly. I hope it was friendly more than it was accurate. Sometimes it's better to be nice than to be right. It's an important lesson to learn. I'm still working on it. In the interest of being nice, I hope you have a great week. I'll be back here in seven days. I will talk at you then. We will drink a beer. We will talk more rugby. And we will listen to this track at least twice. This is... Link Ray Gun from the Curry Brothers. Check out the link in the description and have a great night. Bye.